0: Thank you for joining us at BIB Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor in chief. Genome BC is the nonprofit British Columbian center of the federally financed Genome Canada organization that leads the way in funding major investments in developing new genomic technologies. And in recent months, of course, has taken on a significant role in advancing our understanding of COVID-19 through several research projects and investments in its uh, in its own way my guest today is here to discuss its role what is being learned and where the priorities are and research for the organization pascal spotthalfer is its ceo good to have you here today pleasure kirk you, uh, you you've come in from the swiss alps to to join us thank you so much yes, um the background's beautiful uh yeah uh, it's, that's what we're living with we're living with a lot of backgrounds right now Listen, there, there are so many options uh, uh, and so many opportunities to learn things here uh, and to do uh, important research. W- where does an organization like yours start in COVID?
1: Well, we start with 20 years of, uh, of background and experience of funding, promoting uh, research in genomics and in pulling the ecosystem together and to have a very good understanding uh, who does what um, in in British Columbia and being able to bring people and organizations together? So that's the starting point. Mm-hmm.
0: did you Did you have um, a substantial network of of, uh, of of researchers and organizations that were already somewhat hovering around a field like coronaviruses to be able to start this research pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, I mean, genomics uh, is, is really molecular biology and, mm-hmm. um, and BC uh, has a long tradition and has a lot of strength in the area of, uh, of, of viruses and public health, et cetera. And the, the best expression of that is the BC Center for Disease Control, which is a really unique organization as far as provincial organizations go in Canada, which has, uh, which has very good depth and expertise in in genomics that is being used in the field of infectious diseases and public health. And so it is not a coincidence that uh, in in late January, uh, we got a call from the BC Centre for Disease Control. They were looking for some funding to sequence the coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. uh, we turned that around within days. And uh, at the end of January, the the centre had done its first viral sequence um, and at the time, that might not have been that big a point. But now that we are doing virus surveillance and looking for variants, this is the type of work that started a year ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very appreciate. Uh, I wonder whether during the, uh, the pandemic itself, um, some of your own processes had to, uh, had to become uh, even more nimble in order to to get on with research in a hurry when you knew what kind of urgency there was out there.
1: Yes, and we reacted uh, to the to the coronavirus, to the epidemic uh, in in March by launching a rapid response funding program, where yeah. within uh, we launched the program within about ten days of making the decision to allocate the funding. Uh, we then had a two week process through which we got one hundred and eighty five proposals. Uh, we funded yeah. thirteen of them, and launched them immediately in collaboration with the researchers and and the academic institutions. And these projects, some of them have been extended, others are now coming to an end. Uh, so they really had to be executed very fast. And uh, they uh, led to interesting uh, interesting results in some areas. Uh, they led to interesting innovations in others, but we moved very, very quickly um, to, to fund these projects. And to date, over the past 12 months, uh, we have launched 23 projects that are COVID
0: related. So, so what are emerging, uh, Pascal, as the areas where you think uh, the Genome BC funded research can make a difference?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting because when when the whole research in the coronavirus and the epidemic started, nobody really knew that much and it was very unclear Mm -hmm. where the priorities would lie. So, uh, you you said it was pressing to start the virus sequence in in January, February uh, 2020. Yes, it was, and uh, the focus has shifted tremendously. So the focus originally was really around testing capacity, testing capabilities, finding um, who would be more susceptible to uh, to, 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 um, to difficult disease, to, to extended disease, and who, who would not have these difficulties. So this research has started very early. Um, we then went into the serology testing and uh, looked at what can be done to look for antibodies. And uh, mm. we're now very much in um, disease uh, treatment improvements, uh, variant uh, surveillance, and vaccine research to find which vaccines uh, are more efficacious, have higher efficacies uh, in the actual application.
0: This changed. Yeah, mind. yeah I, I want to pick up right away, though, on the vaccination effort, because, of course, uh, it, it probably provides. Uh, all kinds of opportunities for research and all of this. How, how do you think the Genome BC research again will align with the, the vaccination effort to learn as much as we can?
1: I think at this point, our focus is on supporting efforts to provide real time or near real time information to the public health officials. Um, mm-hmm. There is, uh, at the later phase, there will be research done that analyzes the vaccines, how how have they worked? uh, Have they prevented transmission? Have they prevented disease? But I think right now the focus is as provide as much information to the public health officials, to Bonnie Henry and her team, so they can make decisions uh, on the spot. So for instance, there's research that now shows that longer intervals between the first and the second shot um, uh, work um, and will not Mm -hmm. reduce the efficacy of the vaccine. This is crucial information for the allocation of vaccines between first and second shot. It's that type of research uh, that we will be supporting now.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask too about uh, about the relationships that you have with uh, Dr. Henry's office, uh, obviously with uh, other researchers across the country and around the world, to, to get a bit of an understanding of sometimes where the impetus comes for you to suddenly, you know, get onto some pieces of research. It, it, Surely, some of this must also come from you know, from the field where there, there is obviously a, a policy requirement or a policy answer that's that's required here, and that research can help.
1: Yes, so our uh, scientifically, I think we work we work very closely with the BC Center for Disease Control. Uh, and mm-hmm. the BCCDC is the, is the scientific arm supporting uh, Bonnie, Dr. Henry and her team uh, in making these decisions, and that's where our scientific linkage come from. There's also the strategic research advisory committee that the government has put in place, chaired by David Patrick, who is also the director of research for the BCCDC. So we're working closely with that. We're working with our colleagues at the Michael Smith Foundation to make sure that we, that we coordinate our funding. And federally, Genome Canada is coordinating efforts through a large program called CancoGen, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. leads in the national surveillance of virus variants by coordinating uh, the the sequencing of viruses across the country. So all these things uh, work together and uh, we are in regular communication with all of these people so that we can direct our research efforts appropriately.
0: Yeah, on a broader scale, uh, Pascal, what do you think the pandemic has done to governments in their recognition and in their enhancement of research in this country?
1: It may be too early to tell, Um, because I think uh, there is a a recognition right now uh, of how important science is, how important research capacity is, and how important these networks are that we are using now to coordinate efforts and to mobilize efforts very quickly. Uh, You can't create these linkages overnight. So it's the work that has happened over the past 20 years that allows uh, the quick reaction. Now, um, once the pandemic's over, um, it, it, it will be important that we continue these efforts, that we have a much better pandemic preparedness. And I think if you look at the lessons learned from SARS, um, it was very important for a short period of time, and then the efforts waned again. And I think uh, we cannot make the same mistake again. And the impact of this pandemic on society overall, on the economy, etc. cetera, is much larger than SARS was at the time, and uh, hopefully this will have a lasting effect and influence the decision making going forward.
0: Yeah, so I mean, does the scope of what the pandemic has has wrecked in our society, do you think uh, teach us really that uh, that you can't take your foot off the gas now?
1: Well, I think there are several elements. Uh, one is the speed, the speed at which this pandemic has 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 gone global and has become a pandemic has been absolutely frightening and this is due to our our lifestyles today and the globalization etc and I think nothing not the future pandemics will have similar similar um, similar patterns the other thing is the deep impact it had on lives the number of deaths the 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 impact on the healthcare system that in, in Canada sustained it quite well, but some healthcare systems like the one in Italy collapsed under the under the case burden. Um, mm. And then we also saw the, the, the challenges of relying on others when it comes to the necessities of fighting a pandemic, be it the personal protective equipment, be it vaccines, be it drugs, be it syringes, and the lack of our capacity or the, the lack of capability in Canada uh, to be self-sufficient in some of these uh, in some of these areas uh, has also uh, been shown fairly dramatically uh, over the past few months.
0: You said earlier that it might be too early to tell some things, really some lessons yet, uh, out of out of all of this. But uh, is there any kind of understanding yet of of how the pandemic is revealing both our strengths and our challenges as researchers in this country?
1: Well, I think the, the research in this country, in this region and globally actually has been absolutely stunning. The fact that uh, we have a new technology to develop vaccines with the messenger RNA um, within mm-hmm. 10 months is absolutely stunning. And uh, the fact that uh, these vaccines could be produced that quickly, that we had, that we gained an understanding of, of the COVID-19 disease that quickly is, uh, is is really a testament to uh, scientific capacity, but also to the willingness of scientists to share information and to collaborate on a, on a global scale. So I think the science has worked really well. When you go to the um, to to the response involving logistics, uh, involving data sharing, um, and these kind of aspects within our health system, we know are difficult. Uh, there we have big lessons to learn, and we must get our act together to make sure that we have good data sharing systems in place so that we can actually have a national response versus having the response of uh, of, of provinces and territories uh, that are yeah. not really that well coordinated.
0: Well, that tees up uh, my last question, which is in that vein, which is, uh, what do you hope would be in place next time we face a pandemic that wasn't uh li- this time
1: well i would hope that uh, we have the the data linkages the data integration and the data sharing in place that all the provinces and territories can benefit from one another's experience that we can assemble these data and come to to, to actionable conclusions much faster i would hope that we have the capacity in place from a, from a sequencing and testing point of view that we can roll out sequence and testing very quickly so that this capacity is on a standby level. And the third aspect is that we have enough uh, vaccine, drug and equipment sovereignty in the country that we're not depending on others to actually
0: mobilize these responses. Yeah. I don't think anyone feels we can let this happen again.
1: No, I don't think so. And I think uh, we, we have to be very, very careful that we don't forget that, that many people not only die, but suffer tremendously in this uh, in this pandemic. And yes, the pandemic will go away, but these scars will be uh, left over for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, well, Pascal, it's great talking to you. Uh, congratulations on a lot of this work. It's, uh, it's, it's been so swift in, uh, in making a response. And I think uh, British Columbians are quite proud of the kind of work that's being done here but uh, thanks for your time today my
1: pleasure thank you for your interest
0: pascal spothelfer is the ceo of genome bc i'm Kirk lapointe publisher and editor-in-chief of business in vancouver thanks a lot for watching